You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. For your next sci-fi addiction, you need to pick up the first books in the Spire novel series from author Peter F. Smith. The Spire brings to life a setting years after a viral apocalypse has decimated the world's population, leaving only a handful of families who were instrumental in the downfall of mankind as its new rulers. With mankind wiped out, these elites turn on one another with violent results. I enjoyed the incredible details put into the action scenes that rival any you could possibly see on the big screen, and the thought put into the world building crafts possibilities that are endless. The second book, Apocalypse Dawn, allows you to dive further into this dystopia from a survivor's point of view and will grip you instantly. You can pre-order both books on Amazon for 99 cents until November 8th, so sign into your account now and pick up your copies of the next major sci-fi hit, and always remember to geek out. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. This is issue 157. Guys, I don't know. It doesn't mean anything to me, but it's just, it's it's a new number. It's the highest we've gotten so far. 57 Chevys are pretty cool. <laughs> okay. I think they're a great looking car. It makes me feel like I'm ready to take on the world. <laughs> because with a number that high, many comic book series don't even make it that high. That's true. And here we are. Here we are. Yep. Weekly issues too. So take that new 52. Take That's that. right. We, we're doing weekly issues. And they're not even half issues like Injustice. Wait, oh, was it, were those those the biweekly? Wasn't it? Oh, when they would do yeah, so they would do the digital first, right? So yeah, they were they were at first they were a third of a comic, and then they beefed them up to half issues. <laughs> so that's right. We give you giant size every week. So those of you listening, please keep in mind and know how lucky you are. And if you know anybody who isn't listening, and you would like to share our immaculate words with them, because when you listen to us, it's like listening to a nice cup of hot cocoa. Ooh, and that's where we're at today. Like cocoa with marshmallows or whipped cream? Maybe both. Ooh, I like I like the cut of your jib. Thank you. <laughs> so, as uh, as always, Chris is with me. Hey, hey. And Rafa. That's me. And we are going to be talking about um, a character that has, I don't know, kind of ridden the wave of villain and hero throughout the DC universe. Scumbag. Yeah. Scumbag. Scumbag. <laughs> Scumbag's a good way of describing him. Someone that they, 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 they put him in a story. And then, like, oh, let's do some with him later. And then he becomes really relevant for some reason and then goes away. And then maybe comes back. <laughs> and then maybe. Very interesting. Kind of like how life works. Like, this is true. Doing your own thing. Uh, Patty Jenkins, the director of uh, Wonder Woman and upcoming sequel to Woman, Wonder, Woman 19, uh, Wonder Woman 1984, uh, recently, even the, the movie's been filmed, it's done. Yeah. It was supposed to be out like this month, but they pushed it to the summer of next year. So. It's. I believe it's all done. It's. And they might do some pickups again, just because they have so much time. Hopefully, but, no one grows a mustache. <laughs> hopefully, no one grows a mustache. Looking at you, Gal Gadot. That's right. Um, we, 
We got uh, Pedro Pascal's in the movie. For the longest time, no one knew exactly oh. what his role he was oh, doing. No, it was it was easy to tell he was going to be Max Lord. But it's not easy. Hey, hey. Well, I mean, I'm a I'm a I'm a super geek. You also said Godfrey at one point. I so. did. So <laughs> I had a 50 50 shot with my guesses, and therefore I was 100 percent correct. So 100 uh, percent of the time. Huh? <laughs> uh, that's what I'm just saying. Is that th- there was there's a couple of characters. Yeah, no, there, was, there was there was Max Lord been. was the most uh, hopeful one. Yes, and that's what we got. Pedro Pascal is going to be playing Max Lord in uh, Wonder Woman 1984. He has showed up in uh, the animated series. He showed up in um, uh, the Supergirl TV show season two or three. That's I don't right. Remember. That's true. He was on there, yeah. So uh, there is precedent for Max Lord outside of the comics at this point. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to give you a 101 on what you can find for him in the comics. Yeah, we're going to talk all things Max Lord. <laughs> uh, but before we get to that, as always, let's get to that spinner rack for this new comic book day. All right. It's the wonderful, whimsical Wednesday, and hopefully you're at your local comic shop and you're asking yourself, what should I get? And you'll hear my voice telling you, here's some cool things. <laughs> DC Comics is going to be releasing Batman issue 82, and this week we get a couple of variant covers. We get the acetate cover, so that means like it's going to be very plasticky, and when you open it, there may be different art underneath it. So oh, these that's were, cool. Yeah, these were, they're really neat. DC's done a great job with them. Uh, this time they actually started doing their orders in advance. So comic books usually do a three-month uh, gap. Uh, these, if I remember correctly, I think were a four-month gap. So we're finally seeing them. And uh, today is Batman 82, City of Bane Part 8. Oh, man, I got to read this issue today, and it was fantastic. Really great stuff. Uh, the art is, oh, my goodness, I, 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 I can't remember who the artist was. Mikkel, Mikkel Janin. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. You have a David Finch cover. You have Tom King. This took me back to I Am Bane. Like, oh, this was yes, great. Yes. I mean, you got Batman and Bane shirtless, maskless, fighting it out. Like, it was insane. So, That's this my issue, kind of fight. Yeah, this issue is going to be nuts. It's great. And the cliffhanger, cliffhanger ending, now, very, is, very crazy. Is this the issue that has to do with Batman being an MMA fighter, or is that something else? Um, I just saw that as a headline as yeah, I was passing I mean, through the I, You know, honestly, I think so. I think so. So this is okay. If, if it's, it's okay, I kind of... So I, I struggle with this now, because now finally getting to be able to get comics early. So I don't know if I'm revealing secrets or not. I hope I'm not, but... It's, it came out today. It's you know, Well, no, no, but like, so the behind the scenes for like when you do your reviews. So DC Comics lets you get the comics Thursday and you have to have your reviews obviously ready but like Tuesday to get them all out and stuff like that. So you have a lot of time to sit down, read the issue, analyze it, and do great stuff. Marvel Comics gives them to you Monday and you've got one day to read and review it so it's a little bit tough and it's funny because i noticed like these these articles they start popping up on friday and saturday because yeah you got your comic you probably didn't sit down read until friday friday you think of all these things and you know you post stuff because like when i did uh deceased number six i was thinking about that too how it's like oh it's a shame like if, spoiler here, like when Wonder Woman created the Kryptonian sword, I was like, well, that's a huge thing. I mean, it's a kryptonite magic sword. That's a brand new weapon. Plus, she chops Superman's arm off. You should have gone for the head. And I've seen both of those become articles. And it's like, 
I, I, I forget the an embargo date. Like you're not supposed to talk about some of this stuff. Right. But again, you know, it doesn't matter. Like clickbait's out there. All these things are out there. So I honestly, I, I want to say, I think that is the issue that's talking about him being the best MMA fighter. But I could have sworn I think it was from JLA, but I don't know anymore. So oh, okay. um, this definitely will like lead to that article being very true because you know. But again, if the if that's like. If if you're reading this and that's where you come up with him being the best MMA fighter, go back to like Batman issue eight, like, <laughs> and I'm talking the Tom King stuff. Like we have seen these pages before with like shirtless Batman fighting Bane and beating the hell out of him. And oh, all this I'm stuff. looking at it right now, and I gotta say, these glistening biceps are amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's an intense issue. I mean, like, I, and again, the the last. Okay, so like, there's two pages that are going to drop your draw, and I'm going to let you discover them on your own. Fantastic stuff. So highly recommend it. So you've got two choices. You can get the acetate cover or the cardstock cover, so a nice thick hard cover to it. Um, if you're in the market for Batman, there is also Batman Universe Issue 5. This is the Brian Michael Bendis written series. And um, these are also reprints of the Walmart Giants, so this issue is great. It has, um, from just the solicit... It's involving a white lantern ring, so I'm already my interest is peak as a Green Lantern fan. But then we also have Nightwing in it, which is great because if you're reading the Nightwing comics right now, Nightwing is not Nightwing. He is Rick Grayson, so crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, this is just in time, and gosh, it's like they planned it. There is a Crisis on Infinite Earths box set. That's right. Marvel started doing these. They did the first one based off their 1984 Secret Wars. Uh, they've released several ones. One as recent as the Infinity Gauntlet one. These are amazing things. And so DC is like, okay, there must be a precedent. So if you have $500 and you're ready to spend some money. I do. <laughs> this is where it's at. Honestly, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm, my interest is very peaked. Because what's great about it was DC Comics started this trade paperback collection called the Crisis on Multiple Earths. And what it is is... That took the very first time the JLA and the JSA met. And they like it was such a successful program back in the 60s, they would do it every year. They'd have the annual crossover. And so these trade paperbacks actually collect all of it. And the very first one was Crisis on Earth 1, Crisis on Earth 2. And that's hence where George Perez was like, well, when we do Crisis on Infinite Earths, we should call it Crisis, hearkening back to that. So there's so much rich history. So anyways, uh, there is four volumes of that. And even the trades, actually, I think there's five. Sorry, there's five volumes of no six. Wait, <laughs> wait, yeah, six volumes of it. You forgot about the one behind the couch. <laughs> yeah, like the trades. Like if you were the one who was loyal and bought all the trades and everything, we don't even get all that stuff. So that sucks because I don't know if they're gonna go back and reproduce those so that way it fits your uniform collection. Does it come with like an action figure? Unfortunately, no. It's got the big slipcase box, so you can drop the cover and see, like, what is it? Like, basically, like, 10 hardcover books, all uniform trim. Um, if they were smart, though, DC Collectibles, please listen to us. Wake up. Rafa and I buy toys. We love toys. We enjoy toys. I can. I, I think your last DC Direct figure was probably... It was Red Hood. It was Red Hood. And mine was Nightwing. So that, like, I remember at one point when I was getting figures, like, almost monthly from DC Collectibles. Now, or sorry, DC Direct. And now that they're DC Direct, or DC Collectibles, sorry, I'm flip-flopping my names here. It's been rough. So, like, please do something. Like, yeah, this would be the perfect opportunity. They had a Crisis on Infinite Earths toy line. I want to say I think they did, like, two, three waves of that. Re-release those figures and put new ones out, and you will make fans extremely happy. Because, hey... George Perez art is beautiful stuff. You can't go wrong with it. 
Right. Um, Put so, it in there. Yeah, they got to do it. So there's going to be the six-volume set in there that will basically feature all the JLA, JSA team-ups before Crisis hits. Then we get a brand-new collection of Crisis on Infinite Earths hardcover, the 12-issue series. Then there's going to be a Crisis on Infinite Earths All-Star Squadron. Um, that was a great team because if you actually sit down and look at their acronym, A. Oh, All-Star Squadron. So spell that one out. So get yourself some of that. Uh, there will be a Crisis on Infinite Earths Green Lantern hardcover that comes with it, which features the Green Lantern, Legion of Superheroes, and Omega Men issues. Uh, a Justice League hardcover that will talk about Firestorm, Detective, Wonder Woman, and the Titans. The Legends. But I mean, this thing just goes on and on and on. Like, uh, yeah. Really sit down and think about it. It's a big purchase. Um, of course, I want you to get it at your comic store because I really want to support comic shops. But then at the same time, when you're talking $500, your budget is going to ultimately determine how you get it. And then one quick warning about this thing. It weighs 28 pounds. That's insane. That's awesome. So not only do you get to read, not only do you get some good comic stuff, but you get to work out. And if you know 500 people... All you got to do is get a $1 from those persons. <laughs> that's, that's a very great way to fundraise. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I, I think that thing is beautiful. So, I if I could, in my in my crazy world, I would love to have that one, the Crisis on Infinite Earths ones, and then get the Infinity Gauntlet box and have those two together. But I... Uh, uh, that would be like 800 bucks. So, yeah. All right, moving along. I'm going to go cry. Uh, let's see. Deathstroke issue 49 is out. This also continues the year of the villain. Jericho is finally going to be tempted in seeing what's going to happen there. So we're going to get a great hardcover or an acetate cover there as well, and we're going to be featuring Jericho. Uh, Flashpoint number one gets a reprint as part of DC's Dollar comic series. So if you want to see the start of what changed the DC universe, that is a book to go to. Flash will be celebrating 80 years, so there will be a hardcover collection, Flash. 80 Years of the Fastest Man Alive. This is going from Jay Garrick, but it's going to include the whole legacy, Jay to Barry to Wally and so forth and back to Barry. So there's going to be a lot of great selective stories there. Green Lantern Black Stars number one of three is out. This continues Grant Morrison's new saga of Green Lantern. In this alternate reality, we get to see that Hal Jordan is now Parallax, part of the Black Stars and part of the new world that's going on. Uh, this is another one I got to read early. Really cool stuff. I love the fact that Green Lantern is, well, Hal decides to take on Mongol. So I think that's great kind of drawing back to that history that's there between those two. Good. So, Mongol sucks. Yes. <laughs> so uh, with a little bit of news since the last time we recorded, HBO Max had a big conference they did. about their streaming service and uh, or I should say event. And in this event, they announced there was going to be three Count them three new DC Comics properties on the streaming service. Oh, One is going to be executive produced or created by Elizabeth Banks. It's, it's a DC Heroes High. Yeah. Uh, so I, from what I understand when I read it, it's not going to be like Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman in high school. It's going to be a new set of kids who all have power. So think X-Men or you know X-Men Evolution like in high yeah. school. Okay. But, like with, but in the DC world. I mean, they uh, could have just given us Clone High. I would have still been happy. Clone High would be awesome as, as, as with superheroes. They would. Um, also, we're getting what is being called Strange Adventures. Now, I think a lot of online websites are thinking that it's going to be Adam Strange stories, but what they actually said was an anthology series. So basically what we've been talking about a lot is that we would love a comic book that was just an anthology series where three issues you followed one particular character that's a C-level character, and then if the, if the book became popular enough, that person could get their own book. 
If okay. not, you just go to the next story. That's yeah, the trial book. Yeah. And that's what I think the show is going to be. It's going to be an anthology show where it's going to be a lot of the characters that DC hasn't done anything with yet. You know, you're going to get to see the creeper in an episode, or you're going to get to see uh, Plastic Man. You know, it's kind of that that kind of thing. I don't think you're going to be following Adam Strange as he goes from place to place. No, I think with Adam Strange. If Tom King's Strange Adventures book goes big, right. I think they're just going to straightforward him to the movies where yes. that could work. Like, that's your, oh my God. That's uh, your John Carter Star Wars thank you, that's fucking it. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek uh, Flash Gordon book yeah. or movie all wrapped into one. Yep. So, yeah. So, no, I'm, I'm very excited. For, I actually like, I mean, because I'm not going to spoil what you're going to say for the third announcement, but that Strange Adventures, I am actually excited for that because that's what I want. I want to see like, hey, you know what? Blue Devil is a character that I casually enjoy, but now he's going to get an episode or a three issue or sorry, three episode arc. That's cool. Yeah. Like, I love that. And I, I hope it does well. And I hope that's what it actually turns out to be. Because think about it like, okay, so you and not to cut into what I'm about to talk to next, but you remember in uh, during, I want to say during the the light war lantern wars yellow war something like that basically green green lanterns versus yellow lanterns and you had lisa, oh, the sinestro core war sinestro core war you had the you had lisa dark in the back of the issues always having like reading yeah, from the book, book of parallax, of, yeah, yeah the yeah. book of parallax telling you it's a different story of someone in the in the world right like that's could you imagine someone that's like the crypt keeper being like opens up the episode and is like let me tell you the story of Whoever man, uh, listening to that, the, the guy who's playing the monitor for Crisis, he needs to be biting for that job. That would be that awesome. would be perfect. Like, let me tell you another tale from the history of the DC universe. That would be perfect, <laughs> and that would be great. And I would be all over. Could could you? Uh, and, and one episode that just breaks down uh, uh, Hawkman and Hawkwoman. You know, like how they uh, show they are aliens, Egyptian to yeah, aliens to Egyptian to Western to just, modern hero. Just keep, yeah. keep reincarnating. Like that would be amazing. I want a meta episode with all of the different Donna Troy origins. That would be awesome too. I would love that. That would be fun. And this this would be the perfect venue to do that. To just go out there and be be a little bit crazy. Like if you want to give me the sad clown that had a bad couple of weeks and went around killing everybody, then I could I could deal with it in that form. <laughs> yeah. Not so much in a movie. Yeah, it's experimental storytelling, and you know you never know who's gonna bite. And being on a platform such as HBO can give it the the light and the airtime that it deserves. Exactly. Yes. Now, the last one, the one that's really going to speak to all of our hearts. Make sure it? when you're listening to this that you're listening to it in brightest day. <laughs> Not in blackest night. <laughs> uh, Keep those eyes out for evil's might. It is a Greenland core TV show. Uh, I think this is going to be awesome. Like In a TV show, long storytelling form, it's going to be so much better than in a, in a movie. <coughs> yes, do I want Green Lanterns in a movie on the big screen? Of course I do. But... We're going to be able to get, I mean, if they want to do all six Earthbound 2814, you know. Uh, all six of the Earth Lanterns, yeah. And then we maybe even throw in Alan Scott. Like, yes. You could do that in a long form TV oh, yeah. show. And and the best part is we're getting Space Cops. Yes. And I'm just, cops. I'm so excited because if they do it right and if they build on seasons and seasons, there has to be an episode where they do like a cold open, where they do like a pretend intro to like what they normally have with like their music and like whatever it is uh-huh. their intro set sequence and it just be the the cops background like bad boys but with <laughs> them doing want? space thing exactly <laughs> it'd be so fun you know i just want i just as much as i like the cw shows this show is also going to be by uh, greg berlanti i just don't want it to be 
CW-ish. Yeah, I don't want that formula. I don't want it. I mean, and I don't think they will because this is an HBO Max show. Like this is right. a, this is going to be. They don't have to worry about ratings or not ratings. Uh, uh, NBA, restrictions. Yeah, restrictions. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, so, I you know you, you, I feel like you, you the the gloves are a little bit looser and they can do things. The form of expression is allowed to do so many more things. And it doesn't have to be cookie cutter, which is the best part. Right. I mean, looking at some of the other like streaming exclusive shows from The Boys and then with Watchmen that's just coming out right now. Watchmen is so good. I mean, they're giving us some of that top tier storytelling that doesn't have to worry about oh, I have to kind of watch out with where I'm going. No, they could tell these stories. And with Green Lantern Corps having such a strong fan base, people are going to gravitate towards good storytelling. And, you know, whether or not, you know, whoever's in charge or if it's all of them doing their own thing, I'm down for like a Super Sentai Power Rangers related, <laughs> just Green Lantern team, but they're all green. I'm, I'm down with that because, yeah, these are some powerful characters. Great. Just a lot. I'm, I'm so excited. So uh, we remember three years ago, uh, Jeff Johns was talking about how he was writing the new Green Lantern Corps movie. Do you think that's what this became? So I had to laugh in, in, in our own lives. We have our own little group chat. And it was one day I was I was looking in like, Google News on my phone, so they're like, "Oh, you know, here's this article," and and I wanted to read it, but I didn't save the article. So then I Googled it to try to find it later, and then in the Google headlines, it was like, "Green Lantern TV show nixes Green Lantern Corps movie." Then the next one, Green Lantern Corps TV show will not affect the Green Lantern <laughs> movie, and you're just like, "What is it gonna be?" Honestly, I if we can see. That the Flash CW show did not cause any change to the Flash being on the big screen. I don't see it happening again. I really don't. Because the thing is, like, I mean, if it's good, like, if it's good enough, because this is going to be a service that people are paying for and stuff like that, I could see it being like, okay, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna tie this in because it sounds like they're also gonna launch this HBO Max and they're gonna like broadcast the big DC movies, the DC mm-hmm. Cinematic Universe, yeah, everything that's Warner. And so Brothers. it's like, okay, cool, that's great, but. I, I feel like the Green Lantern Corps movie will still be going forward. And if it gets stopped, that's only because of that, like that group of people not working together, not because of the TV show. And that's see, my thought. And, and honestly, I, I I don't think that this would be taking away from the movie in itself. I just wanted to know if Jeff Johns' particular script was going to be used to make this TV show. Like, that's what I'm interested in, in, in wondering or in knowing. I just hope Jeff Johns is okay. I heard, I heard uh, a interesting uh story on another podcast this week it was uh i don't remember which one but i know it's koi koi jantjo said it uh look him up on twitter he's a funny guy but he said that uh i guess with a brennan thwaites who plays uh dick grayson on titans said that when they were filming titans initially the first pilot episode and you know the big scene that they used in the in the trailer where it's f batman right right that was jeff johns walking up to uh, Brendan Thwaites on set the, the day of saying, hey, how about you just say F Batman real quick? Like, just throwing that line out there. That wasn't in the script. So, that's, I mean, he's still involved. Like, he's huh. still there. I hope so, honestly, because like, like, I was thinking about something. Like, it's it's crazy when you look at the career paths of Kevin Feige and Jeff Johns. They started the same place. Yeah, and like right now, Kevin Feige, like, I don't know if we've talked about that, so here's some news that may or may not be old or new to you, but like, Kevin Feige's in charge of Marvel. He's in charge and of everything that includes Marvel. the comic books He's as well. He's the creative, uh, chief creative officer over there, which at one point, Jeff Johns was the cre- chief creative officer at DC. Yeah. So they created a chief creative officer at Marvel, and they now made the Kevin Feige that. So that means he... Well, they've had it before, because that was Joe Quesada. I thought he was the 
editor. Well, he was EIC, and then when he got bumped up, he became that the CCO, and then like he eventually he moved on else. to something else. Well, he's moved on to this new position, but no, he he had that as well because I was looking, at it, I was like, oh, him and and John's actually had the same title. Okay, and I was like, that's cool. Like you have a writer and artist at that maximum level, yeah, and both of them are from the two companies. It's like God. <laughs> Please use your influence to make a DC Marvel crossover. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, Kevin Feige will have to be sat in on every decision made for a Marvel TV show, Marvel comic books, Marvel video games, anything that has to do with the Marvel characters, he will yeah. be there. Um, which unfortunately went Jeff John Jeff Loeb got kicked out as the, not kicked out. I don't know. He's not. He's no longer. The head of Marvel Television. Yeah. So hopefully that just means that he's going to go back to writing some comic books because I will be okay with that. Yeah, I would yeah. love to see him Same do here. some stuff again. You yeah. Know? So, okay, that was a little bit of tangent. Get back to that spinner rack. Okay, so what were we talking last? Okay, so Green Lantern. So yes, uh, Green Lantern, Black Stars. So this will take place in between Green Lantern, quote unquote, seasons one and season seasons two by. Uh, Jeff Johns and Liam Sharp. Uh, the Black Stars book will actually be drawn by a different artist, so that way Liam Sharp gets some leeway time so he can keep producing those magical issues that he does make. Uh, moving along, we have The Infected, which is spinning out of the year of the villain, and now this is more of the Batman who laughs, his heroes. So today we will get the Infected issue of King Shazam. That's right, in Batman Superman number one, I believe, we learned that a young Billy Batson was infected and then he can Shazam himself up. So now we get to see the King Shazam title being reused and this time it's for evil uh justice league issue 35 will be out that'll also have the acetate cover uh this continues on the legion or sorry the justice doom war uh today was a big issue why because as we've learned with crises worlds will live and worlds will die so today that sentence gets used again well probably not used but its actions definitely happen so definitely go check that out um let's see what else we have oh legion of superheroes number one touches down today so this is a big one brian michael bendis has kidnapped jonathan jonathan kent aged him and sent him into the future <laughs> <laughs> so he will be the Superboy of the Legion, but that's okay because he's going to give you Legion of Superhero rings. So make sure when you go to your LCS, if you buy a copy of Legion, get yourself a ring so that what? way you can be like Booster Gold oh, and fly awesome. around. Yes, I love that stuff. Uh, Lois Lane issue five will be out. Her her yearly book will be going. Luther, the trade paperback will be coming out. Uh, this was actually a really good story. It was Brian Azzarello and Lee Brahimo. Uh, they teamed up to do a, it was either a five or six part series and is basically in the vein of kind of like how they did for Superman, Superman, the Man of Steel, and it was the brand new origin and all that fun stuff. This is a Luther version of that. So, of course, he is the hero, and we get to see him go through all the struggles that he does to take care of us because Luther cares. Uh, Superman, Up in the Sky, issue five of six will be out. This is also part of the Walmart Giant series. So this is Tom King's adventures writing Superman. Um Tom King. I mean, you can't go wrong, and he's writing Superman. Let's see. Now the big one. Young Justice issue 10 drops today. We get the brand new hero. You ready for it? The Drake. That's right. Tim Drake has finally launched his new costume and his new code name, Just the Drake. I don't know how I feel about that. It's not that. good. It's yeah, not He good. needs to have something better. It it, it should have paid, like, it should have paid uh, homage to some type of legacy. It should have... Uh, been something that's not just his last name. It should have been. It really just should have been something better. Yeah, no, it really should have. Like, I, I'm not trying to be mean. Like, it, it's it just does not. It doesn't have catch. Um, and the costume doesn't even look that good either. So I'm just gonna no, let it go. I'm yeah, just gonna let it, it go. I wasn't a fan of Red Robin, but that's better than Drake. The Drake. Yeah, 
I, I mean, like, I get it. Like, the bird theme works, you know. I get it and all that stuff. I mean, I mean if you wanted to keep it with that, you could just it, you would just call them Darkwing Duck. I would have been fine with it. Yeah, you no know? kidding. That would have worked maybe, out better. Maybe he'll be the first DC character to drop a drop an album. <laughs> yeah, right. No <laughs> oh, no. Uh, all right, let's see. So we're going to go that put a bad taste in our mouth. Let's go over to Marvel Wait, Comics. Oh, so <laughs> never mind. Before, uh, before we that, another TV show piece of news. I know we didn't talk about it last week, but it is about two weeks old. CW is also going to be launching a Superman and Lois TV show. Yes. So out of Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover event that they're going to be having later this year, next year they will have a TV show dedicated to Superman and Lois. Don't exactly know what that show is going to be about uh, coming out of Crisis on Infinite Earths. We have seen these two actors play these characters oh, on so Small Su- uh, Supergirl and the previous uh, crossover event, but... I, I, I'm I'm excited. Like I didn't I didn't think we were going to be seeing a, t- a Superman TV show anytime soon. Yeah, I'm hopeful for this. Like I said, I mean, I just worry because it's on CW, so I don't want it to be part of that formula. Uh, it's going to be great because you know what they're going to be dealing with, right? What the fact that all the Earths have been merged into one. <laughs> That's what happened last time we had Crisis on Infinite Earths. I mean, oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sure that's, that's exactly my theory. What's going to happen? <laughs> I mean, I I, I don't know. I don't know what their particular show is going to be about. I mean, if that's what it's, it's going to be, is them traveling around New Earth and being and telling us what what the what the new rules are, kind of thing. I'm all for that. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, if you want to if you want to do that, I am. That's so awesome. But I I don't I don't think we're going to do that. I th- but I do want to know is what other side characters we're going to get because that's the that's oh yeah that's the a good formula launching point of CW. Yeah. Uh, if yeah, we a get a group, yeah, we get a John Henry Irons. That'd be awesome. We oh, get a new great. Luther. That would be awesome. Uh, Again, Olsen, Jimmy Olsen. Well, we already have a Jimmy Olsen on Supergirl. New Jimmy Olsen. Better Jimmy Olsen. A better Jimmy Olsen. Uh, Makad Brooks is crying somewhere right now because he said that. <laughs> um, the real Guardian. A, a new Perry White. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Are you sure? I'm sure he's a little busy, but Bring that's okay. <laughs> I just, I'm just excited to see what we get. No, it would be great. Like honestly, like I hope they do some great stuff because to me this harkens back to Lois and Clark, the New Adventures of Superman. Right. I love that show. That was a good show. Um, it was fun. I loved the drama. I loved the whole the, will they, won't they. I, I'm a sucker for romance, you know. So <laughs> this, those shows should that, be right you know? up your alley. Then, well, yeah, but see, but to me, like I don't know the CW though. It's just bad romance. It's uh. like. It's just people sticking their head up their butt and being like, because that's butt talk. I don't get it. It's like a Charlie Brown adult. Yeah, you know, so I just, I don't know. Like, anyways, I don't know. Regardless, Tyler Hockland. I think it's Hockland. I love him as Superman. So give me some more. I'm excited. He's really good. You know, I when I first saw the pictures of him, like when they they let the pictures out of what he looked like, I was like, I don't know. But actually seeing him on the screen, I was like, he works. He's good. I need to watch some video on him then. Um, no, so yeah, no, I'm I'm stoked for that show. I think that's going to be great, and so I I wish it the best. Uh, it kind of does make me sad though, because I know there was a lot of talk, and I don't know, maybe we, you never know what could or couldn't happen. But like, low uh, Dean Kane and Terry Hatcher have been really psyched to be like, we would love to come back and do a season of Lois and Clark because <sighs> everything's coming back. You know, Fuller House, Matter About You, uh, Wings. No, nope. I know they're bringing that one back. No. Nope. It's wing wing wingers. No nope. wing. I'm still waiting for the next season of Friends. More wings. Friendlier. Nope. <laughs> Friendlier. I don't know. I'm still seventy percent convinced that the Seinfelder. whole campaign for uh, the Witcher TV show is is just a long, a long way to kind of really showcase they're actually doing a Superman show with Henry Cavill. Yeah, like, it, it's, it's a psych out. They've just filmed the episode. Psych out. <laughs> 
it's to get us off of the trail. Yeah, Zack Snyder is actually licensed to the super, Tell me, super tell me, you wouldn't lose your mind if we're watching when when we're watching the Crisis on Infinite Earths oh, event, God. and Henry Cavill just shows up as as Man of Steel, just Superman. I mean, I would dude. I would lose my shit, but it's not going to happen, dude. I don't know, long con, guys. It's a long con. See, we can see how this works out. Um, I I'll take the part of Earth Two. I'll be the classic old school heroes. Rafa will be Earth One, represents the new generation of heroes, and then Mitch is Earth Three. It's all that Village. negativity. Oh, God. Crime syndicate of America Taking right here. all that right there. It's so I'll so be hurtful. Ultraman. I don't care. <laughs> so what's going on in Marvel? Okay, so Marvel Comics. So get ready. We've got Absolute Carnage Immortal Hulk. That's right. The Immortal Hulk series has been doing fantastic stuff. Uh, they're making a second printing, so in case you missed it. And the Immortal Hulk, that book... Honestly, I think next year there's going to be some huge ramifications going on there. Uh, Absolute Carnage dives then into the Weapon Plus program. So we're going to see some some craziness there. Uh, the Was he just Weapon H? He was, wasn't he? That Hulk, yeah. Gray Hulk Wolverine thingy? So, yeah, yeah, the Hulkerine. This is definitely going to tie into that. We're going to see those uh, Vietnam carnage soldiers, I believe. So that's going to be some crazy stuff there. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man issue 33 hits, and this really starts ramping things up for 2099 because 80 years ago, it was 1939. And 80 years from now, it'll be 2099. So we're at that nexus point. We're in the midway, so we're going to have a big old crossover. So Miguel O'Hara, the man you saw at the end of Spider-Verse, which, hey, we're getting a sequel to Spider-Verse in case that we didn't true. talk about yeah. that. So that's going to be some cool stuff. So Miguel O'Hara is going to get the spotlight and Spider-Man 2099 is going to make a big appearance in Amazing Spider-Man 33. Black Cat issue wait, 6. Wait, wait, wait. I, uh, I, okay. I'm hoping that uh, we, they return Oscar, Oscar Isaacs as Miguel O'Hara in, this, in the part two to Spider-Verse. But they did drop some news today, I believe. Oh, yes. We are getting Japanese Spider-Man in the second Spider-Verse I am so movie. excited for the emissary of death this, this <laughs> spider-man is something else he's to some people he's just the meme but that spider-man series i watched more it, to him and it's hilarious but i mean it's i don't i like it i don't think i know the meme what are we talking about so people always talk about how like because he's a more like intense looking spider-man and his whole thing is he's like i'm an emissary from hell spider-man and he just beats up these japanese criminals i guess nobody's oh, okay and he also has this really cool uh like again it's it's, it's japanese spider-man so of course he has his giant mecha and he uses that to, to fight crime. Oh, and beat people okay. Up. I think there's a whole the episode are different. <laughs> where one of the bad guys is like this cat, and he has to fight because it's, it's possessed by the devil or something. <laughs> like you do. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. I'm I'm hype just because even reading him in Spider-Verse, he was just one of the best characters. Yeah. He's like, oh, this who is this? And he just comes out with his awesome, um, I forget what it's called, but his, his, his Megazord thing. The Isn't it uh, Leopardon? Leopardon, thank you. And I mean, he's just kicking butt. I mean, this is this is a Spider-Man you want on your team. Okay, fair. Yeah, no, some great stuff. So I'm I'm stoked for that. I can't wait till they pump out more news. So yeah, so Spider-Verse Two is happening. So get ready for some Spider-Man 2099 action as well. Uh, Daredevil issue 13. Oh my God, that issue, dude. I. Wow. Like, okay, so I, I love Daredevil. And Chip Zardaski has been on this book now for 13 issues, 13 months or something like that. Dude, he's killing it. This book is fantastic. 
buy these. Read them. And if you don't like them, I will buy them from you. It is fantastic. I cannot promote Daredevil enough. This thing is amazing. Mitch, you will be reading Daredevil. <laughs> Rafa, you will be reading Daredevil. It is great. Just from the positivity emanating from your body at this moment, I feel like if I was Matt Murdock, I would gain the power of sight. Because <laughs> you've shown me the way, sir. Oh, God. Th- thank you. Yes. No, This it's, it's insane. Like... Okay, so like life just kicks us, kicks us so hard. And Chip Zardaski has the biggest foot to represent life kicking us. Like he is just putting it, twisting the rocks on Matt Murdock. And even then, it's not just Matt Murdock. Like you were watching three heavyweights Matt Murdock, Wilson Fisk, and Detective Cole North. And again, oh, great, a brand new character. Who's going to care? I Actually, you do care about this character. He is a great brand new addition to the Daredevil mythos. And Wilson Fisk, like, there are some points where you're just, like, looking at what he's going through, and it's like, Vincent Del Nofrio would be proud of these issues. Like, this is channeling everything fantastic about these characters. It is great story. Plus, we have Marco Cicero on the art right now. Every page is insane. It's beautiful, beautiful art. So I just... I. I Oh my God! I'm. It's great. It's just great. Go buy it. Read it. What, this is this is the book that I don't know if you guys remember doing that. Like when you would go to the comic shop and you'd buy your books and you'd sit in the car and read one real quick. This is that book. It is insane. It is beautiful. It is great. So Daredevil thirteen. Get it. Get it, everybody. Because <laughs> for audio listeners, which is everybody, you you have no idea just the joy that is coming off of Chris. It's like the second time I watched Gremlins and New Batch, the, the sequel, and it just. <laughs> It's that boyhood charm that just comes out of you, and you just you can't you can't condense it in a box. It just overflows. So please, if you know anything about anything, <laughs> go pick it up. Yes, got to get this book. Uh, let's see. Speaking of, and some- don't watch Gremlins <laughs> too. New batch. <laughs> and, and, and speaking of some fun stuff, uh, Deadpool by Joe Kelly, the complete collection volume one is being released. So if you are a Deadpool fan and you want to see when Deadpool started becoming the Merc with the mouth, this is the trade to start going with. So this is some fantastic stuff. You got Joe Kelly and Stanley actually uh, as, as writers on this one, Aaron Lopestri and Ed McGinnis art. So you get that big beefcake Deadpool coming at you and all that <laughs> wild stuff. So this is just going to be some fun things. So if you want to see when Deadpool got cool, that was way after Rob Leefield. That's right. Saying oh. it. <laughs> uh, Doctor Doom issue two is out. Fantastic Four issue 16 is out. That's right. We're finally getting those, that fantastic family and their villains getting some love. Ghost Rider issue two is out. Man, that was a great issue. Great cliffhanger ending. So if you want to see the brothers of the brother writers fight each other, this is going to be fantastic. And if you missed issue number one, don't worry. They have a second printing out. So this was great. And you know what was really fun about this issue of Ghost Rider? The letters page. I actually sat down and read the letters page. There was some fun stuff in there. Like the editor is doing a great job of making sure he gets the writer and the artist to participate after the book. So this is just some fun, fun stuff. Immortal Hulk issue 24 gets a second printing just in time for Immortal Hulk issue 26. Iron Man Extremis, the Marvel Select Edition. Iron Man has been a fantastic character. Uh, back in the 80s, he actually would have been Tom Selleck if things had gone the way it should have gone. Then all of a sudden, they started really amplifying him as characters go through different origin changes and whatnot. So if you are looking at getting the modern version of Iron Man pre-Robert Downey Jr., yes, it does exist. This is the story to get, Iron Man Extremis. I was one of those fans. I went and watched Iron Man. I was like, this was great. That suit is beautifully designed. Adri Gravani? Oh, I'm bad with these names. I'm so sorry. Adi Grenovov uh, and Warren Elnis, they, they put this, to, this story together, revamping Iron Man's origin for the modern day, uh, bringing it forward and creating the extremist situation. Beautiful stuff. So this will, co- this will collect the first six issues, the brand new relaunching of Iron Man back in 2004. 
great story. Highly recommend. Uh, Miles Morales issue. Sp- or, sorry, Miles Morales Spider Man issue twelve will be out as well. Um, what else do we got? Oh, today's a big day. Actually, today's a big day in the X universe. Half of it begins with New Mutants number one. Fantastic stuff. So if you are a fan of magic and just the the magic of the New Mutants, this is the team book for you right there. So definitely good stuff. I would definitely say pick it up. I read through it today, and I got to say, it's good to see Magic back. It's good to see a lot of these characters like Danny and Karma, um, Wolf's Bane, uh, Ramsey. They're all... So the way they're kind of... With no spoilers, I mean, they're going to space, and they're dealing with Corsar, which is um, leader of the Star Jammers. So it's a very kooky story. It's a very interesting story. And from what we've been getting with Dawn of X, we've been getting some more serious, but also lighthearted tales. It's not as serious as Excalibur, which I enjoyed a lot, so I would definitely pick this up. It's something a little bit more light and something that I'm very interested to see, okay, where's it going to go from here? Yeah, the fact that you're mentioning Corsair really makes me want to actually pick it up. And plus, I remember, I think it was Roberto de Castro's Sunspot. Like, isn't he, he's doing something with uh, the Imperial Guard. Yeah, right? he is. It's yeah. it's it's interesting watch, reading this uh, comic. Okay, cool. I'm going to have to put that on my read tonight before I go to bed. Uh, this is a tough one to sell you on, but I would definitely want to point in your direction. The official handbook of the Marvel Universe Omnibus Hardcover Edition. This was, okay, let me tell you a story of the world before the internet. It was a fantastic time when you would sit down with the neighbors, the people, and you'd talk to them. I don't want to live in that world. (laughs) No, no. Well, all right, so I'll save the old timey there. But Mark Grunewald, fantastic human being, taken from us way too early. John Byrne art, amazing stuff. This was the staple of the Marvel Universe. Those 15 issues back in 1983 told you everything there was. The breakdowns of Cyclops' visor, Captain America's shield, Ant-Man's power base, who this new mysterious Moon Knight character is, everything. They had these great drawings all kinds of artists would represent. Um, They had these beautiful linked covers front and back. It was perfect. And this was perfect because DC Comics had just re- just released Who's Who in the DC Universe. So I'm hoping that this omnibus edition does so well that it'll force DC to finally reprint theirs. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I actually, I finally got tired of the two companies waiting. I went and I bought the back issues. I love them. I mean, granted, everything you'll read in there doesn't matter anymore, but just the amazing art, the beauty of it, the way it was all put together. I mean, you really have to respect the man hours that was put into this to make it happen. So it's a beautiful thing and it can be yours for 75 bucks, hardcover edition, classic. Just one of those amazing things that's worth owning. So that's that. Decide. Old Man Quill issue 11 of 12 is out. That's right. We are in the Old Man universe and this time it's dealing with Peter Quill, a.k.a. the Star-Lord. So we are so close to his conclusion. This has actually been a really fun series and I love the fact that the writer of this book uses each comic to title it based off of a song so something i found that really enhances my reading on this book play the song as you're reading it it's fun like it just makes it that much more fun so great great stuff um screen oh sorry no these are just posters so spider-man and venom double trouble number one of four is out this is really neat like it's got this beautiful kind of animated cartoony looking art so this is just going to be one of those things where it's like you should probably just do it for fun and I, I like I, I don't know what it's going to be totally about, but I think it's definitely worth it. So, you know, this is going to be Venom and Spider-Man swapping each other's minds and power sets. Or, sorry, just basically a mind swap. So how is Peter Parker going to handle being Venom and how is Venom going to handle being Spider-Man? Things like that. So I think it looks really neat and fun. I want to see it do well. 
Um, Venom by Donny Cates is out, so this will be a hardcover collection. Ever since he's gone on Venom, he has just been killing it with that book. So this will collect the 2018 series issues 1 through 12. So if you want to see what all the hubbub is about and go back to the beginning of it, this is where it's at. So uh, I was I, I, I kind of came to an interesting uh, revelation is that Donny Cates over there is kind of... He's kind of like the guy now. Like he's the oh dude, he's the man. Yeah. He's the one that's doing just about everything over there, right? Yeah, like he's he's helming up Guardians, but he's gonna be leaving that in favor of going to Thor. Thor has been Jason Aaron's for like the past like five five to eight years or something ridiculous like that. So he's gonna be taking over Thor. Uh, he's basically been doing like a lot of like cosmic stuff because Silver Server Black and one other book. Uh, well, this whole Venom stuff, like it's been tying into space, Cosmic absolute carnage, and so all this stuff. So yeah, so he's 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 the go-to. Like they're definitely trusting him that he's if he pitches new Brian something, Michael Bendis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and his books take more more time to read, so yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, definitely he he is the dude. He is the dude. Um, and I guess just a shout out. He just got married recently. Him and his longtime girlfriend. They had a oh. beautiful wedding in Paris. Uh, follow him on Twitter. It's a treat. He's got fantastic stuff. He's really fun to interact with. He's great. He'll he'll show you some cool stuff. So congratulations to uh, to Donnie, man. You're living it up right now. Web of Black Widow, number three of five. That's right. We have a Black Widow movie coming. So we're going to have a Natasha adventure. I haven't been reading this, so I can't tell you if it's going to be new or old adventures. But I can tell you this. It has Yelena Belova. I hope I said that right. Yep. So Yelena is going to be a part of this. And if you don't know that name, then this is going to be a story to read. So that way you can understand what that name is going to mean in the upcoming films. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just speculating. I'm, I'm almost positive that's what... Um, what they're setting up for, probably. Rachel... Uh, Rachel... Summers. Nope. Uh, <laughs> actress. Rachel Weiss. That's who okay, she's Rachel playing in the, oh, in, the, in the Black Widow that's movie. That's a big name. Yeah. Wow. That is wow. Yeah. Dang. Okay. Now that I'm a little bit more intrigued, so I'm going to have to hit that. <laughs> I'll have to start paying attention to the news then on that. Okay. And uh, two more books to go. X-Force number one is out. That's right. I'm going to let my bias show. Cyclops had his own X-Force, and he was the devil for it. Now Beast, Wolverine, and Jean Grey make their own X-Force, and it's okay. I feel Whatever. personally attacked. You should. Dirty mutant. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, no, this is actually a fun issue. Uh, I flipped through it. I checked it out. Uh, looks really good. The cliffhanger ending is going to be insane. So if you are appreciating the Dawn of X, definitely put this and the New Mutants on your read list today. And last but not least, we have Yandu. That's right. Your favorite... Um, Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Thank you. I was the joke I was going for. Your favorite Mary Poppins is going to get her own five-part miniseries. Uh, Yandu will actually be teaming up with... Yandu. That's right. The movie one is now part of the Marvel Universe canon. So we're going to see him team up with the classic one who had the uh, the old school bow and arrow and all the fun space adventures. So these two odd couple gentlemen will be teaming up and we're going to see what happens in that case. So fun stuff. So uh, I did also come across another um, like clickbaity headline on online and I, I clicked on it and read the little bit of a comic book that they had on there, but it was for Black Cat. Okay, yeah, um, she's got her series, yeah. She has her own series. And she just came out today. She goes on a date with uh, Batrock, the, the Leaper. And in the date, uh, he asks her, like, you know, I heard you and Spider-Man, like, you were a couple. You're like, why would you, you're a thief. Why would you get into a relationship with a hero? She's like, ah, oh, the first time I ever saw him, I just thought that it was something that I I, I wanted. I wanted him. And, and as a thief, that's that's how I work, like. I have a, I, I see something that I want and I go and get it like I, I take these things. He's like she's like haven't you ever had that that kind of feeling and he goes yeah 
uh, also for a hero. And she's like, oh, yeah, who? And he's, he's like, he's like, Captain, Captain America. So Batrock is by. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess I think that's what that whole like exchange, exchange was, was about. Yeah. So, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, the Black Cat book is definitely it's interesting. Like it's it's been fun. It's it's a neat. Like I love when they add those little things to the Marvel universe. Like you have these big character moments, and they're just they're out there. So I think that's really fun. Um, I, I can definitely say I think that book was created though in response to Catwoman having yes. her own book. So I think that's kind of funny. That I mean, I that seems like symmetry. The, when I was reading that conversation, it's, it, it's the exact same conversation that you could have had with Catwoman as talking about why would you be marrying Batman, uh, this hero. So then who? Because we love to do this stuff. Who would Cat? woman be talking to who would be the bat rock so of the dc universe if they for some reason the Catwoman and and batman ha, ha, well i guess they didn't work out but like if the story's not done yeah that's true <laughs> uh if she's going on a date with somebody else who's the the person that she gets set up with to go on a date another villain the bat rock version another thief i guess uh Catman. Yeah, I was gonna say Catman. That's what I was thinking. Yes. Yeah, Thomas and, Blake. Yeah, and you know who who he's talking about? Who his captain is? Uh, Deathstroke. Batman. Batman also. <laughs> yes, <laughs> makes sense. That's why their date gets a little bit awkward because they're both cats and they both like bats. Yeah, hey. he beat me up this one time and I was so turned on. The e. <laughs> e. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. That I mean that'd be that'd be an interesting interesting one. Or, or it could have been uh, Shade the Changing Man, and you could be like, oh, it's it's Hawkman. Hawkman was the one for me. <laughs> okay. Now for some reason, I'm just imagining like Selena going on dates with random villains, and I just see her like going on a date with like Solomon Grundy. Oh man. And Solomon Grundy is. But just it like, have to be one of the reincarnations where he's smart, right? No, like he's just he's too big for the table. <laughs> Not wearing shoes, he has a he has like a, a tie on, but one of those clip ons, and he's trying his best not to say anything stupid. I could just I, I could it. see it though. Like they, I think it was during I think it was either Infinity Inc. or All Star Squad or one of those two books. Uh, Grundy had a hardcore crush on Jade, so I could just see that cat one. Like, so who was the who was the hero that you had to have? And he's he's wearing the tie, trying to be all eloquent, like Green Girl. Jay, <laughs> make Grundy happy. <laughs> All right, that is your spinner rack for this new comic book day. Let let us get into Maxwell Lord. Maxwell Lord is one of those characters that he'll come up to you and he'll try to sell you a product, and you'll be thinking to yourself, you know what, this guy dresses pretty nice. But the way he says things, he's too positive about it. And he's probably going to get me for all my money. Yeah, he's a used car salesman. And then ultimately, somewhere down the line, you guys become friends. It works out. And then he kills you. Oh, that's Maxwell. That's Maxwell. You went this, a little far. But. This is a character that Ask has... Ted. I don't know. I'm in a I'm in a particular position because we've had Maxwell Lord come in and out of DC continuity in so many different moments. He's been really important. He's been just kind of a secondary character. The first time I ever read him was during the events of Infinite Crisis. Oh, so wow. moving backwards and then reading what Justice League International is that where he's yeah, from? Yeah, that was his big his big title. Seeing him in Justice League International, you know, he was that Carl salesman. He was that snake oil salesman who was there to like, okay, we're creating this PR team. We're not necessarily the 
Justice League, but we are this team and together we're going to go out there and we are international and we're, you know, we're selling the commercials. We got Ralph Dibney, we got Booster, we got John Johns for some reason. Don't know why he was on the team, but he was. We got Guy Gardner, the one Green Lantern nobody wants and isn't good for any type of advertisement, getting punched out by Batman. This is one of those teams that I just so weird and so quirky that I loved it. And Maxwell Lord was just there. Right, He's seeing him liaison, grow, wasn't he? Yeah, he, yeah. He was basically the Tony Stark. He was the one funding it, taking care of it, making sure they had access to travel the globe internationally, everything. And I felt bad because I knew already, and I mean, kind of moving a little bit forward, but we'll, we'll talk about it in more detail, of course. But knowing what I know from reading Infinite Crisis and the terrible things that he does, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Going back and reading him in International, Justice League International, I felt upset because I actually like this character. Like, he felt very human. In a world full of superheroes, even in a world, in a team of superheroes that were more grounded in real life. Just watching Booster and and Ted just talk and argue amongst themselves. Stealing Martian Manhunter's Oreos, whatever it was. Oh, no. Just seeing these silly, silly adventures. And then Maxwell <laughs> Lord being the guy that just, he's sitting there, he's trying to keep the team together. He's saying, don't worry, we'd love to do that commercial. And then behind him, something explodes. Like, who stole my thing? And then he just starts bleeding from his nose. It's the funniest and most most endearing thing because in that situation, like for me personally, working in education, I am Maxwell Lord. I am the one that's surrounded by all of these people and I'm just trying to hold my shit together and it's hard. And then for what he becomes later in more intense situations, there's real heartbreak because he does some terrible things and it's like, were you always this evil or were you created this way? Were there signs? I don't know. It's, it's very hard for me. <laughs> now he's a, he's a wild character because I'll be honest with you. Like I remember growing up um, – so comic books are just a unique staple in life, and they're a fun way to think about time travel. So when I was a kid, growing up here in Yuma, we used to have block parties downtown. And there was this old shop, and they just had like random boxes of comics. And every time my parents would run out of the block party, I'd flip through the comics and whatnot. So I'd read these sporadic issues of JLI, uh, Justice League, and fun stuff like that. So this was right after the crisis. Justice League was relaunched. And it was like, okay, you don't get to use the heavy hitters. What? No, Superman? No, because Superman's brand new, so he hasn't been on the league yet. Wonder Woman? No, no Wonder Woman. They let him have Batman, and Batman was actually pretty cool in those issues. Uh, but yeah, that's why he had these crazy group of characters. Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, Black Canary, uh, Guy Gardner, Fire and Ice, you know, and it was just like, wow. But it actually Mr. Worked. Miracle. Yes, yeah, Mr. Miracle, Captain Adam, and then he took him over to Europe, and then you had the split-off teams and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it was fantastic stuff. Ice and, and fires. And I, yeah, yeah. And I loved it because no matter what, they were a family. They were a tight unit yes. of the characters. Yeah, you like them. They were endearing. Yeah. Like this was like, okay, friends, you know, they were that. They were that. They were the group of people. And I'm, I'm often taken back to this image. And it goes back from Justice League issue 35 back in 1999. And it's Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. And this is like the origins of Blue and Gold. Because when they first met, they didn't really care. They weren't really doing anything. And then it was kind of like, oh, you know, these are these are two rich young guys that are just running around being total typical 80s stereotypes. So eventually they became blue and gold. So anyways, this is they've done some crazy scheme. They've spent way more money than they should have. They've broken, or they not broken, but they've bankrupted the Justice League. So they're sitting there talking, and then it's Blue Beetle, and he's like, oh, man. Well, the good news is I, I finally got this working again. We can call home for the shuttlecraft, get these people out of here, and get them back to the embassy. 
And Booster Gold, oh, God, I can't wait to get home and have Max put a bullet through my head. Yeesh. And then Ted Core, well, Blue Beetle, he's like, oh, come on, Be- or, come on, Booster. Max would never do that. And hearing that come from, like, Ted Cord, the wow. Blue Beetle, and we're going to explain why as we get into this, but it was just so mind-blowing because that's how tight-knit they were. They could joke about it, like, oh, my dad's going to kill me. No, your dad's not going to kill you. But that story's going to take a twist. <laughs> but, yeah, that was Justice League. America, issue 35, 1990. All right, so let's jump into it. Let's get to the real facts, and let's talk Max Lord. So Maxwell Lord's first appearance was Justice League number 1, May 1987, created by uh, Keith Giffen, J.M. DeMatis, and Kevin McGuire. I got four copies of that, so time to start hitting those up on eBay. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea with the... with the All the power boost that's coming up. It's true. Um, yeah, like 1987, I mean... Straight out of Rafa crisis. went to right, right, right into it the best. You know, he's 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 been around. The character's been there. Uh, just how is it that a low level telepath, yep, who comes from all this money, decides I'm going to bankroll the Justice League? Well, the best thing is he wasn't even a telepath to begin with. No, like he was just a businessman. He was a businessman, and he would do his wheels and deals and stuff like that. And he was basically trying to amass power. And so he came in and, and bank uh, uh, financed the Justice League, much to Bruce Wayne, Batman's you know annoyance, and even Oliver Queen, you know stuff like that. So he came in, and his plant on the league was Booster Gold. Like, he was actually the reason why Booster Gold's on that team. He brought him in and stuff like that. So as the stories would continue on, and again, these were great, Giffen and Dematis and Maguire. And it's often in a shame because they usually just call it Giffen and Dematis. Maguire's art is phenomenal. Um, who's the guy? He does one of the late night shows. Seth Meyers? Mm-hmm. Seth Meyers is a huge comic book fan. And it just so happened randomly, like... You know, because when you live in New York, every cool thing is in New York. And he was there, and it was like, oh, there's a, there's, there's a, 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 a Kevin McGuire. And he was talking to him, and he was like, I love, you know, these characters and blah, blah, blah. So Kevin McGuire drew a blue beetle with Seth Myers, like Seth Myers' face blue beetled him and gave him that. And it's like, that is so cool. So Kevin McGuire, shout out to you. You did a lot of fantastic stuff there. But those three gentlemen, they took a book that shouldn't have made it and they changed everything. Like they gave the JLA, they gave it that Marvel feeling. Like it was family, it was friends, it was great stuff. So anyways, uh, Max Lord, when you read those issues and there's there's a trade paperback series, Justice League, um, I think they made it up to six, but then they canceled it. And it sucks because volume seven would have been who shot Maxwell Lord. And that's a huge story. We're going to talk about that here. But anyways, those six issues basically showcase the building of it between Justice League going into Justice League International, then going into Justice League America and Justice League Europe. So they had the two teams. Fantastic stuff. And so at one point, Max Lord actually gets kidnapped. And they're experimenting on him, and that's where he gets the telepathy. And so that's why his telepathy is different, because it's not like Charles Xavier born with it and learned to control it. His telepathy is new to him, so that's why he gets the bloody nose. So every time, and I hope they do that in the movie, that's the tell. Whenever Max Lord would do something, if you'd look at his nose, if it was bleeding, then you know he forced the event. Otherwise, he actually did manipulate it. So he was just Donald Trump. I mean, literally, the guy is modeled after Donald Trump, and then they decide, hey, let's give him a superpower. That way, it can justify things and make things a little bit more believable, and that's how he began. So, yeah, he wasn't even a, a superhuman at first. He was just like a post-human after the fact. Very cool. So, we, we, we see how he gets his powers, why he decides to uh, bankroll the Justice League. 
why does he become a villain? So the villainy, why does that happen? So I actually, I, I, I found this interesting. Um, so he was a hero all the way up until Countdown to Infinite Crisis, till that book, and we did not see it coming. Uh, we knew the death of Blue Beetle was going to happen, but we did not see it coming. So anyways, years prior to that, and I, I definitely want to shout this out because I, I learned about this myself, um, there was a story called The Justice Writers. It was part of the Elseworlds series. And basically, picture Wonder Woman and Justice League heroes set in the Wild West. So they've got to hunt down Baron Maxwell Lord. So they just, like, uh, Chuck Dixon decided to be like, yeah, let's do this. And it's funny because a lot of what you'll learn about Maxwell Lord's evil mechanicians in Infinite Crisis happen in that in that story. Like, they're very, very similar. So that was the first time they kind of teased him being evil. And I want to say, I think that was like 1997 or something like that. But anyways, we flash forward, and it's got to be like, oh, man, I think it was 2004, 2005. So this was big because in 2004, we had identity crisis. And the word crisis had not been used for a long time. Like, if you go back to zero hour, which was supposed to be I think either the 15th or 20th anniversary of the crisis on infinite earth. It was zero hour, a crisis in time. They kind of were not even trying to like, Hey, hi, hype down that crisis. Word. Don't <laughs> right. use that. You know, right. it's too much. Be careful. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't use that. Now they, they embrace it. They're like, Oh yeah, it's a crisis by the trade. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, so yeah, like maybe this was then 2005, 2006. And this was a big one. Jim Lee penciled the cover. And this is when he started making his way up into being like co-publisher. So he's no longer just an artist. Alex Ross came back to DC to paint over Jim Lee. So this cover was phenomenal. This is the first time Hal Jordan as a Green Lantern is part of a crisis. Jeff Johns, the scrappy young kid, is going to write a write a huge event. You know, he's going to Donny Cates all over this thing. It's going to be fantastic. And this was it, like countdown to Final Crisis. And in that story, it's a big part. So Blue Beetle, he's on the trail. He's like, hey, there's all these things happening. He comes out of uh, retirement. And what's even more wild is probably like six to eight months prior to that, they revamped the Justice League International. They were doing these super buddies, you know, these, right, right. these just offbeat tales. Known yeah, as. formerly known as the Justice League. And Maxwell Lord was there and he was a good guy. So like we did not see this curveball coming. So anyways, Max Lord, or sorry, Blue Beetle is investigating and he's starting to see all kinds of stuff. The Blue Beetle scarab has been taken from him. The wizard Shazam is worried about Captain Marvel. Magic is being threatened. Uh, in outer space, planets are being shifted and they're being realigned. And two planets, the planet Thanagar, which is where we get our hawk people from, and the planet Ran is where you have strange adventures. So those two planets have been mashed together. So now we have... Uh, Oh, my God, I can't think of his name. Uh, Adam, Adam Strange. Strange. Yep. Adam Strange and Hawkman teaming up to defend their worlds and save their people. Um, what was the other thing that was going on? There were four events. And then Villains United. Yes, yeah. and the villains were the starting villains to United. get worried. Things the were crime changing. Bible. Yep, so that, that, well, that would be Final Crisis when that would happen. Was it? Yeah, because with the specter and the question, the female question. No, I was thinking stuff? of uh, the introduction of uh, Batwoman. Well, that was, new, that was the 52, so that would have been afterwards. Oh, okay. Right oh, after. Got you. Yeah, got yeah, you. Yeah. The fifty-two. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway. So yeah. So the, the villains united. So the villains were starting to realize, hey, something's going on. Lex Luthor is acting very weird. That's right. So it was Lex Luthor. He was bringing people together, and there's two Lex Luthers running around. So this is very strange. And then there finally, was Mockingbird, and there was yeah, Mockingbird, who was who was trying to get them to kill Luthor, and then we find out that Mockingbird was actually Luthor. Uh, and then the final part was, what's this brother I and what's the OMAC project? So Bruce Wayne was financing the brother I satellite to be built. It has a super database 
place that has all the information about superheroes and everything. This is what Tony Stark was afraid of during the Civil War. Sorry, actually more Steve Rogers being afraid of during the Civil War. So it was happening in DC first. So finally, Blue Beetle puts everything together. He finds out what's going on. They even, like, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold team up and they go to Max Lord and they're like, hey, there's something going on. And Max Lord is like, look, you clowns. If you need money, the checking account's yours. Just I've got more important things to do. So and playing that coy, yeah. sly son of a gun. Yeah, like we're just thinking, oh, this is gonna be okay. And the next thing you know, finally, Blue Beetle makes it to this castle. It's part of the checkmate program. All this wild stuff. He fights Sasha Bordeaux, who was one time the bodyguard to Bruce Wayne. Right. She starts showing OMAC abilities. What's going on? What are these OMACs? And all of a sudden, slow clap. Max Lord in his little militant uniform with the gloves, chomping on a big cigar, and he's just like, good job, Ted. You figured it out. And I always knew I could trust you because you're not like them. You're not an alien. You're not a menace. You're a man just like me, and we have to stop the heroes. And Ted Cord just basically tells him to suck eggs, and Max isn't going to have it. He shoots and kills Blue Beetle right there. You do not come back from villainy when you kill Ted Cord. <laughs> And that was it. And I mean, when he reveals himself as a villain, it went deep. Oh, my God. There was no internet to break back then. That's how crazy this was. Now, I mean, we got the introduction of, uh, the introduction of his new outfit. You know, instead of just wearing a business suit or whatever. It's like evil, evil Nick Fury. Yeah, he's, he's essentially evil Nick Fury. You're right. He's got the, he's got the cross the shoulder uh, holster. holster. He's, clip he's wearing, belts. Yeah. Cargo pants. Pouches. <laughs> Pouches. The ultimate villain. Yeah. <laughs> if you see anybody wearing cargo pants, you, you keep an eye on them. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... This is a this is a boost. This is a, his character just getting the like an a ultimate uh, radio Huge boost. Huge turn, yeah. 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 Uh, like in, with wrestling, the, this is the heel turn. This is the heel turn. This is the big heel turn. Like, it's the, I mean, who would who would be the equivalent? Who 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 goes from being a uh, valet to being a big old heel? Well, I mean, honestly, this was not to the necessary level, just because of where it was. But I mean, this is like Hal Jordan parallax. Yeah. I mean, this is crazy. This is Scott Summers, you know, all of a sudden, like, no, we're going to be a little bit militant. And I mean, I, again, you know, Ralph and I have talked volumes on that, but it was like you seeing a character outside of their norm. And I mean, it's like, yeah, I'm trying to think, like, I'm racking my brain, like, what dramatic TV show has done stuff like this? Like, and the other thing with that also is the fact that, I mean, we have this character again that we've talked about where it's like, oh, is this one dude? And we kind of get played as, oh my God, he's the bad guy. And then he does the bad guy thing. And then it's not one of those throwaways. He then has some weight to his actions. Because then, I mean, what I'm assuming is probably going to be a big part of Wonder Woman 1984's plot is going to be what Maxwell does. I mean, I don't think it's going to be Superman necessarily because in the comic, he takes over Superman. And right. basically gives Batman the worst day of his life. Yeah, that sacrifice. That story was huge. And Wonder Woman is the one that ultimately takes Maxwell Lord out. And he has a he has a contingency for that. He makes sure that it's being recorded so that you see a Amazonian woman. I know exactly the turn. The Equalizer too. Okay, so the Equalizer played by Denzel Washington. He's this cool guy, and he goes <laughs> he goes to his his former guys in the service, right? And he's got his buddy who was his former partner, and he's like, "I need to trust you. I need your help getting inside information." One of our former friends was murdered, and that buddy's like, "Yeah, not a problem." And he helps him through thick and thin, finances him, gets him all the cool toys and secret information, and then the buddy turns out to be the bad guy. And you know what's crazy? The buddy 
It was played by Pedro Pascal. Right. All oh. that lead up for that joke. Come on, guys. Laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's the same turn. So, yes, uh, Maxwell Lord has it recorded so that he can show it on every screen everywhere after he dies that, hey, look at this Amazonian. <laughs> She's not human. She is killing humans. Yep. And, I mean, and it works yeah. because it puts a divide between the Trinity. You know, even though she did it to save both Batman and Superman, after that, it's during the whole Infinite Crisis. It's there's this conflict now, because Wonder Woman like, it's one of my favorite scenes. Again, New Fifty Two. I love the New Fifty Two. And there's a there's an issue where Diana is talking to Flash, and in the issue, she's basically saying, "There's a reason that my Rogues Gallery isn't as long as Batman's or Superman. <laughs> it's because when I see a threat, I take care of it. It's right. <laughs> and that's and that's. I mean, it's true." And, I mean, it adds so much weight to this, you know, comic book idea, you know, because, again, Batman, we've talked about him many times in past podcasts, and this whole idea of he is the epitome of the human spirit and how he has his rules, he has his guidelines, he does not kill, and that makes him better or, or I mean, some people, again, will argue with saying, you know, you're, you're not going to get a lot of good, good comeuppings because of that. Because you know, when there's a problem, you're always a half measure. You're never a full measure. Wonder Woman is that full measure. And I think it adds again to that discussion between comic book fans, you know, should the superheroes to really take care of the world, do they need to kill the bad guys? And again, there's there's arguments for both sides. But again, it's showcased in this beautiful, beautiful event. And for this to come about because of something that someone like Maxwell Lord created, that's what makes him such a <laughs> such a big player ultimately in that moment even his death holds so much more weight to what he did as a, as a living person yeah no that was huge uh, so it, please read the story like if you really want to get the inside scoop on maxwell lord so there was a and it's you won't ever find it in trade it'll go back to the justice league america justice league europe issues uh, who shot max lord and that was a big one and it really plays with you know the pity of your feelings for this guy but if you don't want to appreciate him you just want to be like this guy's a jerk then go read so go read the omac project and that collects the countdown to infinite crisis where he, he heel turns kills uh blue beetle and then the six-part miniseries where you start seeing the heroes understand that oh shoot this omac project is big then that story spirals out and goes into the sacrifice story. And this one was great. This is Greg Rucka, Gail Simone, and they team up. And I love this. Like, if you ever get a chance, like, look at the actual covers of these, you'll notice the theme. Like, they have this hero tackling another hero. And it's like, at first, it's Superman jumping into Doomsday. And then it turns into Superman jumping into Batman. And then lastly, it's Wonder Woman jumping into Superman. And so it plays with the idea. So this is where Max Lord is like, uh-oh, he's playing for keeps. And just as Rafa was mentioning, he mind controls Superman. And it's like Batman's getting close to shutting down Brother Eye. It's like, okay, I got to shut down Bat. Uh, I got to shut down Batman. Mind controls Superman into thinking Batman is Doomsday, who just killed Lois. Superman beats the living hell out of Batman, destroys him. Luckily, Wonder Woman shows up, and then she's got to do everything she can. And that was crazy. Like I actually just reread that issue. It was Wonder Woman number two nineteen, uh, the nineteen ninety eight series. 1987 series. Um, holy cow. Like, she's at one point, she's doing everything she can because Superman is full throttle. Like, he's heat visioning her. He blasts her in the face. She's now got scars. And she gets to a point where she finally, like, she uses her tiara, throws it, slices Superman's neck so he can't breathe. You know, and she's doing everything. And I love it because she finally gets Max Lord. She puts the lasso of truth and she's like, What can I do to stop you? And he's even telling her, You have to kill me. 
I will not stop. If you put me in jail, I'll just control him again. And she just looks and without hesitation, bam, the panel is insane. It's crazy. So that was a huge one. So Sacrifice, uh, that's the story. Or if you want to collect the single issues, Superman issues 218 to 220, Adventures 642 to 643, Action 829, and Wonder Woman 219. And I'm glad that they include 220 because that goes into it. 219, after she kills Max Lord, Superman watches in desperation. He can't even talk, and he's even looking at her, judging her, like, how could you do this? We don't cross that line, and he just flies off. He doesn't even say, thank you for saving me. He well, just he flies off. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, good point. Uh, but he just, like, judged her right there. It's like, I'm done with you. So then, you know, the broadcast goes out, and that was such a brilliant move because it's like, hey, that proves my point. Look at what these heroes are doing. They killed me to shut me up. I'm not crazy. It's you. Uh, so yeah, just, it, it does it. So finally Wonder Woman, you know, she tries to save people and people are looking at her with fear. And again, just as Rafa mentioned, it's like, that's why I don't have a crazy big thing. I'm a warrior. This is what we do. You have a rabid dog, you put it down. It sucks, but it gets done. So anyway, she finally decides, you know what? She goes to Batman and he's broken and battered. And, you know, she tells him what she had to do. And then Batman just like pauses and then get out. <laughs> and it's crazy. Like, yeah, the Trinity was destroyed. Nobody has done that. Max Lord did it. He's dead. And the best part is the adventure doesn't stop there. Nope. Because then luckily, so Infinite Crisis happens. Do yourself a favor. Read it. Um, I guess I, I need to challenge myself. I'm going to try to compile a, a crisis list, uh, the ultimate viewer guide of it, so that way we can get it ready for our big crisis TV show. Because something is happening. The skies will get red. mystery anyways uh so blackest night i think we can all agree that was huge i'm sure we were in the thick of it we were reading it when you discovered it it was fantastic 12 heroes were resurrected due to the white light well actually i shouldn't even just say 12 heroes 12 people were resurrected for some reason max lord was one of them and this guy is such a jerk he uses his powers like, he gets a big supply of blood so that way he could mesmerize the whole world into still believing he's dead so that way he could do what he wants behind the scenes. And he just goes after the JLI. He makes Captain Adam practically destroy a city. He convinces everybody. He convinces the world, and this is the worst crime of all. He convinces the world that Blue Beetle committed suicide. And that's what really ticks off the JLI. Beautiful series. So that's called Justice League Generation Lost. It's a 12-part miniseries. And honestly, that was one of the last stories of the post-crisis DCU. Uh, Max Lord has since returned. Yep. Uh, they put and him in uh, that Justice, Justice League, League Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They did that team up at basically right around the time the Suicide Squad movie came out. He returned. I don't think he was he wasn't used to his full potential. It was exciting no, to see him. It there. was rehashed. Like it was just the, the whole thing was like, oh, he's back, and it's yeah. like, oh, I'm one of the bad guys. I'm a manical villain. Ha ha ha. And that's kind of, I mean, it was good to see him. It pissed me off. I'm like, you son of a gun, you're yeah. back. Well, but uh, besides that, it was kind of like, yeah, okay, he's here. He's he's yeah. doing Maxwell Lord things. Yeah. So it, it's definitely, it's worth an eyeball. I mean, if you like Suicide Squad and you want your Justice League, like what should have happened in the DC Cinematic Universe, read that series. Um, but I don't think we've seen him anything major. Like he hasn't really been featured. I Obviously that'll change as we get closer to the movie because I'm sure the Wonder Woman stories are going to do something more there. But just, oh my God. But in that pre-crisis realm, or sorry, post-crisis, pre-Flashpoint, the dude was a monster. Just a monster. And now Pedro Pascal is going to add some sexiness. Well, before we get to Pedro Pascal, we had him in television. Like I said, we had him in the animated uh, Justice League Unlimited TV show. Uh, He was voiced by Tim Matheson, and 
honestly, I can't think of a better voice. Yeah, for yeah, that's, for that's a high level. That's a high caliber actor. So that's really cool. Tim Matheson as as the voice of that. Uh, he was he did show up in a episode of Smallville season nine, portrayed by Gil Bellows. Like you might not know the name, but you know his face. He was in Shawshank Redemption. He's in Alec McBeal. You know, obviously a, a very cool character actor. Uh, he was in Supergirl, paid, played by Peter Facinelli. Now, in that version of it, uh, he once again he's a, he's a he's more of a Lex Luthor wannabe. He's a, yeah, he was he's before a we could get the full Superman rights. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. um, that, I mean, because they were also still making Justice League at that point. Yep. Luthor is very much in the the Zack Snyder universe. Watch out, Jolly Ranchers! But <laughs> Peter Facinelli plays. <laughs> he doesn't have the he doesn't have the powers. He doesn't have the um, the telepathy, the telepathy, and that's awesome because that's exactly how it was in the comics. Yeah, he, but he was he was more of a scientist. He was he was like when they were having science issues, they went to him and be like, "Hey, we need your help with something." And that's awesome because that's Lex Luthor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then now we're going to, or let's see, we have uh, while Maxwell Lord did not appear in the Flash, the computer. Oh, so they yeah, had the Kilgrave com, the, the Kilgore. Uh, yeah, Kilgore, and that's really cool because actually Kilgore is what manipulated him. That's the thing that kidnapped him mm-hmm. and is responsible for having him powers. And what's really cool with that is that Kilgore program actually has ties to the New Gods. Oh, there so you go. God, I hope that leads to some cool stuff. See, if I could play it my way, I would say Kilgore is a runoff of um, the. Uh, oh my God, I just lost it. The uh, the L the anti life equation. Okay. So I think that'd be cool that that way that you could really have like Max Lord is an atomic bomb of a person. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we 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 went through his history. Told you where you can find him and other things. And you've talked. We've talked in 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 uh, nauseum about uh, uh stories that you can um definitely check out about him. Uh, any other particular instance that you really want to talk about with uh, Max Lord? Well, the thing is, I would say definitely do yourself a favor. Um, as you referenced, the Justice League Unlimited, uh, when he was in there, I think that was great because there was the episode called Ultimatum. So I don't know which season or episode number it was, but what was really cool is that plays with the squad, um, Amanda Waller, her handler. And it's cool because even though Max Lord might not have done much, when Batman and Waller would face off, Waller typically won those. Max Lord, when he would stand off against her, He'd win those. He could get her to back down. So that's always such a treat. Amanda Waller is another post-crisis creation. She's a great character, and I love the the animosity that her and uh, Max Lord have with each other. I think that's great stuff. Uh, it, as Rafa and I mentioned in the Rebirth continuity, they had the Justice League versus Suicide Squad. That's great. But do yourself a favor. I don't have the issue numbers handy. Um, but if you look up Justice League versus the Suicide Squad, probably 1987, they had those two books crossover. And same thing, Max Lord had some great moments in there as well. And of course, look up the issues for the death of Max Lord or who shot Max Lord. And that was a great miniseries there. At the end of the day, Max Lord is going to be one of those characters where he embodies that fear, that evil that exists where you least expect it. Especially us coming out of spooky season, right? Halloween has just passed. We have that idea of, you know, what's horrifying? What's scary? You know, we have our horror movies. We have our demons. We have our monsters. We have all of those things. But a lot of the times, the worst evil is the next door evil. That serial killer evil. And Maxwell Lord was one of those characters that we didn't know he was evil. Then out of nowhere, he comes up and he does the most irredeemable things. So if anything else, he's kind of like one of those... um, He's one of those stories where you have to you have to be very careful. It's, it's a cautionary tale of those people that you might never expect to be able to do some of the biggest atrocities possible. 
and how anybody could ultimately be. I could be a bad guy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, two more. Actually, this blew my mind. I just picked up some stuff here. So as I mentioned with that Elseworlds, the Justice Riders, that's a great one. Uh, Earth One. So I forgot. That's right. They did a Wonder Woman Earth One. Max Lord is a, is a player in that one. So I think that's going to be great, obviously setting up for the movie stuff. And it's a Grant Morrison tale. So those will be the crazy stuff there. And honestly, since the uh, uh, since the sacrifice that you, you're talking about, the, that those issues, uh-huh. Maxwell Lord's going to be like eternally like tethered to Wonder Woman now. Like oh, yeah. it's just going to be a thing. Yeah, that's that's those two have become arch nemeses. Yeah, stuff like that, and the same thing even for Lou Beetle. Like that's that's his go against guy. Like I would love like DC Comics. I'm going to pitch to you. Uh, hire me. I'll write a great Ted Cord story. I want to find. I, I got a way to explain how Ted Cord is back in the Rebirth universe, and we're going to get Ted Cord his revenge on Max Lord. Not vengeance, just his revenge. Because he's going to pants him. But anyways, that's the blahness <laughs> of it all. And one last story to process. I thought this was cool. And it's funny because, again, at the time, I don't know why everybody just, I guess they just did not like the dude. But you guys remember Amalgam Comics when DC and Marvel were like, hey, let's put peanut butter and chocolate together and make money. So they decided to take Cameron Hodge. Now, that name, if it rings a bell, it should take you to X-Men. He was the childhood friend of the Angel. And he was jealous and he hates mutants and he's just such a human bigot. He's a horrible guy, just a monster of a person. So when they made their amalgam, they put Maxwell Lord and Cameron Hodge together to make Lord Maxwell Hodge. <laughs> That's insane because at that point, Cam- or sorry, Ma- Cameron Hodge was an evil villain. Like If you want to read a great story of him, read The Extinction Agenda and you'll just see how vile he is. But Lord, Max, Maxwell Lord was not a bad guy. And it's like, oh, let's take this guy and throw him under the scum bucket. <laughs> I guess it was just destiny that he had to be evil. It must have been. <laughs> uh, and then I'm super excited about seeing pa- Pedro Pascal play the character. I think this Pedro Pascal as an actor is literally our new, not that Gary Oldman is going away, right. but he's the new Gary Oldman, like he, you, you have a role. You don't exactly know who you need for it. Put Pedro Pascal in; he's going to fill it. He's the oh, Gary yeah. Newman. He's gonna do he's it. He's the Gary Newman. Hey-o. So yes, he, he's just, he's just an all-around great actor. Can really fill in any role, whatever. Uh, what they have him do is he just going to be completely sleaze? Is he going to be somewhat redeemable? Is he going to be just have that evil streak right behind the eyeballs that you're going to see and not re- recognize at first, and then be like, oh fuck, and then. Is he going to get his next nap? Yeah. <laughs> is that is that is that going to happen in this movie? How oh, the turntables. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you want to talk to me about more Maxwell Lord, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia GEM. GEM stands for Geek Elite Media. You can also find Chris on Twitter at... Yeah, if you want to find me, let's talk some Max Lord, Blue Beetle, and some great era of DC Comics. Find me on Twitter as Stuff I Should Say Should Being Spelled S-H-U-D. And you can also find his writings at... Yes, I do some reviews over at Adventures in Poor Taste. Check those out. I also have some articles on the Geek Elite website, so come check those out. Give me a reason to write more for you, (laughs) sexy listeners. Rafa can also be found on the internet at... At Mobile Rafi, whether it's in Twitter, so we can talk about how sexy Pedro Pascal is, whatever you guys want to talk about, or even on YouTube where I can play with toys, which unfortunately I do not have a Maxwell Lord action figure. But you don't the sky's the limit. I don't think they've made one. No, they probably haven't. So no. that we're gonna have to customize that. We're just gonna buy a Professor Xavier figure, <laughs> rip the head off, put a. No, a you're gonna buy a Nick Fury figure, like old, well, old I, school we'll Nick start, Fury. we'll start good, and then you're right. Then we'll get a Nick Fury one, and and we'll do the you know the, the cigar chomping bad for guy for the pants. <laughs> you do uh, Nathan Drake, like. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but and for the rest of Geek Elite Media, it's at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. 
Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geekly Media Network on our website, geeklymedia.com. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geekly Media Network saying, always remember to geek geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast. 